are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. This is Soul to Soul on your radio. And of Shabbos Kedish, Pashas Hazinu, just a mere two days after the Yem Hakolish Vagodel after Yom Kippur. I hope that Yom Kippur was something meaningful for all of you. That the fast wasn't too difficult, in spite of the pretty kind of terrible heat that we have, which many may have suffered by. I hope. You were able to withstand that and still to be able to be focused and, and be able to use Yom Kippur to the maximum ability that it could be used. But now we're on. Now we're on our way to Chagasukas. And please God, we'll be discussing Chagasukas in our next couple of posts. But this week is Parshas Hazinu. So let's talk for a moment about that. Pasuk says in the fourth Pasuk of this week's Pasha, Kelamuna, Karishpok is a God of faith, the Ain Avil, without any iniquity. And Avelia Alupian explains the concept. What does it mean, Ain Avil? There's no iniquity. Karishpok's judgment is perfect. This means that absolutely everyone who is affected in some way in the ripple effect of the sinner's punishment, himself deserves some form of punishment. Human judgment does not take the ramifications upon others into its verdict. Someone committed a crime, he must pay, regardless of who may suffer as a result of this verdict. A man is incarcerated for a crime that he unquestionably committed, a person is taken ill, and as a result of his illness is incapacitated and unable to support his family, it goes without saying that illness brings with it a traumatic effect on the rest of the invalid's family. Kel Avel asserts that anyone who is affected, even in the most remote manner, somehow on a, on a Baruch, who's a heavenly scale, deserves it. We do not have to understand this, but we should believe it. Therefore, Rav Elia would, would warn his Talmudim to make every effort to involve themselves in avenues of Zikuyarabim, bringing merit to the multitudes. These meritorious deeds possess the power to delay or even mitigate the negative consequences of inappropriate behavior on the members of, of the tzibur. The Briskarov offered a similar explanation to, to the, uh, this Mida of MS, which is one of our Kaddish of the, of the Yud Gimel Midas Rachmana, we said so often, on, on Yom Kippur. Now we assert that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is an honest judge 
who adjudicates with utmost integrity. What is special about this accolade? Right? It's not obvious that HaKadosh Prof is going to judge with utmost veracity and not permit the slightest uh, vestige at all of a perversion of, uh, of, of justice. How can there be any, any falsehood in Hashem's equation? Biskarov explains that when HaKadosh Prof decrees that a person be punished, he takes into consideration the pain and anxiety that his family and friends will experience as a result of his punishment. A decree of ramifications result in an adverse effect on others who are undeserving is a false verdict. It does not represent heavenly emis, which is absolute. Human adjudication addresses the crime and the criminal. It doesn't factor in the pain which the offender's family experiences. Hashem's mishpat judgment takes it all into account because it is real, uh, real emes. And that's, and that is such an important concept as we, as we take leave of, and that should inspire each and every one of us, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know if you're going to meet someone whose life is perfect, who is not in need of some heavenly intervention. What greatest chus than Zikri Rabin bringing merit to the wider community? We never know when the chus we are providing for others actually ends up saving ourselves. This is 101.9 HFM Soul to Soul. We'll be back with much, much more coming. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, back on your radio. Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Ha'azinu, Tov, Shin, Pei, Gimel, just a mere two days after the Chaga, God of HaKodesh of Yom Kippurim, as you prepare for Chaga Sukkot coming up this, this week. So let's talk a little bit about some of the concepts of Sukkot. We know that Sukkot is the one Chag that while we celebrate the, the gratitude we have to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for what He's done for us, Sukkot is also an international Yontif. We do things and we bring Karbonus and we have in mind a lot the other nations and the rest of the world. I want to go into this concept a little a little bit. You know, there's a pasuk. Chazal bring it to Kaposkin in Tehillim, Perik Tzadi. So we know it says, "Yemei Shnei Seinu Bem Shivim Shana." The average lifespan of a man on this earth is seventy years, right? And maybe eighty, but seventy is. And in fact, in the the Hirotzan that we say before we say Tehillim. We actually ask Hashem, says, please Hashem, don't take us away from this world, before our time, until we at least complete our allotted time of 70 years. And the Mishnaburah in fact brings down in Simon Tov Kuf in Sifkat and Gimel, 
that one should actually skip the words Shivim Shana. Don't say that our limit is for 70 years. And his source is in fact from the Matzah Ephraim, where he brings the Zivkot and Ches, and he explains in the Elif Matzah that perhaps HaKadosh Baruch Hu will have mercy on us and they'll add more time. We won't just have 70 years. Maybe we'll get to higher numbers, like Kavurah, maybe 80 years, or maybe even more than than that. Now, we find actually in uh, various places that the number Shivim, the number 70, actually alludes to the the years of, the allotted general years of a person's lifetime. In fact, the Gemara in Shabbos on Daf Peites says that Yitzchak, in his discussion with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, argued before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that, what, you, you want to destroy Klai because they sinned? How much have they sinned? Right? If you take the, the, the entire, entirety of a person's life, is only 70 years, and he breaks it down, he says, first 20 years you're not Chayev, Anyway, because the Bezin in, in Shemayim only punishes from the age of 20, so that leaves us 50, 50 years, and half the time is night, at night we're sleeping, so it's only 25 years, and half the time a person's busy with other things, he has to daven, he has to eat, he has to ever take care of his needs, so it's only 12 and a half years, and then he offers to split that with, with our Kaddish Baruch So even there we have this concept of 70 years. And therefore, maybe one should keep that original text and say, Ad to at least give us 70 years. And that, perhaps you can explain that by bringing what uh, Rabbi Nacha Mendel from Rimenov says in his Sefer Menachem Tzion on, on this week's Pasha, says that Adam Arishan that through the sin that he did, so it was created 70 nations. And if the Aramorishan had not sinned, so then there would never have been all those 70 nations. And he carries on and he says, and don't think it's such a small thing that the, 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 uh, Maya, the, the great level of Aramorishan was something. Because that, believe me, he says, that his nails were more chashuv and they lit up more than anything else. But nevertheless, the, the reality was that through his mess up, through the sin that he did, 70 nations of the world were created. And so too, every single Jew Right? When we do, God forbid, when we do Averis, so we create for ourselves 70 nations who cause them all kinds of difficulty and all kinds of challenges and all kinds of uh, provocations for, for him. And they don't give him any kind of rest uh, in his life. And, and, and they don't allow a person to, to climb and to, and to reach the level that, that, 
you know, to get to the place where he needs to get to the to the, the shlemus, to the completion that a person really needs to to achieve. Now, this concept is a hundred percent true. It's a real concept because we see it physically in our own eyes that every single yid creates for himself these seventy nations and. You, our, our role is, once we've created them, we have to subjugate them. We have to control them. And therefore, that's why, on Sukkot, we take these Arbaminim, and we do battle with all those forces, all those things that want to attack us, all the forces that are trying to accuse against us and, and, and make us problems. Because the Arbaminim, these Arbaminim, are the weapon that we can use, they're our weapon, and that will be able to, by waving them up and down and back and forth, that everywhere that there is someone, some force that wants to accuse us and is trying to find problems and trying to find deficiencies in Klayasel, so we, we, by, by shaking the Lulav, we want that all those nations should fall at our feet, and they shouldn't be able to get up again. And therefore, that's the joy, that's the simcha of Chag HaSukas with the Abba, with these Abba Minim, and we, we, uh, we use them, we praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that He gave us that, that, uh, the, 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 the Seichel, the ability, how we can control, how we can dominate, how we can destroy all, all the Rishonim that unfortunately we ourselves have, have, have created. And what we understand from what he's saying is that every single person we have, what well, we've created, these 70 nations specific to us that were created because of our sins. And those always try to bother us. They always try to distract us. They always try to, to uh, waylay us. So we cannot do properly our service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And through the Arba Minim, we're able to remove them and, and chase them, and chase them, uh, chase them away. And perhaps we could add even more, because the, this forum revealed to us that all the Nishamas, that were all, we know that Al-Marisha included all the Nishamas of of Klaiso. And therefore, when he sinned, it imprinted sin on all of Klaiso also. And therefore, all of us were created. So Hashem decreed upon us, unfortunately, death. And he says the reason for the hate of Adam Rishon was because of all those Nishamas that were totalized in him from every single species of, of being. Some of them were tzaddikim. Some of them, unfortunately, were ashamed. Some of them were, were, were thieves. Some of them were murderers. And, uh, and because of them, so that caused, that created for Adam this desire to eat from the Eitzadas. So, in other words, there wasn't really in Adam Rishon himself, he didn't do the Avera. It's because of all those Nishamas that were part of him. That's what caused them. And nevertheless, 
are the Morishan did tshuva. Because if not for the chait, so we know that, we know that uh, uh, Adam would have lived forever. And when he did the sin, so he was told, on the day that you, that you do it, uh, you're going to, you're going to die. So therefore, it comes out that every single Jew was a partner in the original sin of Ottomorishan. And therefore, that's why we, for ourselves, have created these 70 private nations that, that relate to the root of our neshamas, that only through our tshuva and our doing what we need to do are we able to remove and to chase those things from the world. And therefore, every single person, we get these 70 years, which is the, the amount of time that is fixed for a person in order to remove those 70 nations that were created by the sin of Adam Arishan and, and enhanced by our own, by our own sins. We'll come back and discuss a bit more. This is 101.9. The program is Soul to Soul. Please stay with us. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. This is Soul to Soul. Back on your way to Erev Shabbos Kodesh. Pashas Ha'azinu Top Shin Gimel. We are getting ready for Sukkot. And we're talking some really, really important things. So far... What we've said is that Sukkot is such an important international holiday. It deals with, we know we bring korbanas, we bring sacrifices in the base of Mikdash that correspond to the 70 nations. And we take the Lulav and Esrik, which also relates. And we explains that Adam Arishan, at his inception, was the, was a composite of all the Neshamas, of, of Klai Yisrael and, and, and their roots and, and obviously some people are Arashoyim and some people are Tzaddikim and that's in fact <coughs> what led Adamorishan to commit the sin that, that he committed and therefore the tick on the rectification of the sin of Adamorishan is actually incumbent upon every single individual and therefore we know that when Adamorishan sins that led immediately to the creation of the 70 nations of the world, which are our nemesis, which are there to, to trap us and, and, and hinder us and try to subvert us from serving our Kaddish program. And that's true on a national level, and it's true on an individual level, that every single time a Jew sins, and of course there's no one perfect who doesn't, who doesn't sin, we create our own little private armies, our own little 70 nations that that do their very best to try to thwart and challenge and challenge us. And our job is then to to fix that up. And that's the concept, he says, of why we're here for 70 years, why the why WML talks about Yemeshna Senobem Shivim Shana, a lifetime on this earth is 70 years, because that is our allotted time, and that, in, in, in normal circumstances, is sufficient time for us to banish all these enemies, to vanquish them, to overcome them, and to subdue them uh, uh, totally. Sometimes it could be that a person will live longer, because uh, the job he has to do is 
is bigger and it takes him a longer time to vanquish his, so to speak, his dragons, the nations that he's created by his Averis, sometimes a person will live very short because the Avaira that he has to do is, is very minimal in, in defeating the, 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 the things that he has, that he has, uh, 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 created. And that's, that's our job. And that's it. That's the, the incumbent on every single person why he gets his 70 and 70 and only through our truva and through our tikkun do we have the ability to overcome and, and, and rule. And we say on sukkahs by taking the abaminim and waving it to and fro in every direction, that gives us power to help us subdue and overcome these 70 nations. The Arizal brings a, a, a similar idea in his Sefer Halikutim. He says as follows, that sometimes where a person is given uh, uh, more, 80, um, 80 years, says because on, well, and, and that's maybe why the, the bris mila is on the eighth day, because eight symbolizes a control of all of those 70 nations, because our lifetime says is 70 years. And when we, when we get already above that, and we get to the level of eight or 80, so that is gavurais. That's incredible strength. That's incredible domination and, and control. And therefore, when a person gets that age, that means that these, these uh, forces have no dominion, no control over, over a person. Because we've gotten to place, Shemayna is always the level of, of, of Bina, of deep, of deep understanding. And therefore, the bris takes place on, on the eighth, on the eighth uh, uh, day. And, and we sort of, Get rid of the orla. We get rid of the orla is always the impurity. The orla is always that which represents the evil, the bad, the, the unsophisticated, the, un, the uncouth. All of that is in, is in the seventh. We get rid of that. And we rise above. The shmain is gavuras. We rise to a higher level because we're above all of these 70, all of these 70 nations. Furthermore, it's brought that says without any doubt, uh, I says I know for sure by by uh, absolute uh, imperial evidence that when we say we talk about the concept of Torah, shivim ponim la Torah, there's seventy different aspects and ways of interpreting the Torah. It doesn't mean that there are only seventy. That when you get to seventy, that's it. I now understand the whole gambit. Of, of Torah. No, definitely not. The reality is, it's come to teach us that Torah has many, 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 many uh, ways of being un- understood. Right? Cause, but just 70 in our language, that sort of re- represents a lot. Right? And, and the truth is, there are more than 70,000 Oh, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of ways of understanding Torah. It's, 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 uh, it's like Torah itself. Torah is ain't Sophie. Torah is, is, uh, is, uh, infinite. And its explanations are, are infinite. And a person will never, never reach to understand the, the, the Tachlis, the whole purpose of any statement of the Torah. But we just use Shivim 
as an example of, it's, it's a large amount, it's a, it's a big amount, but it's actually much, much more than that in, in, in reality. So therefore, when we say 70 faces, seven different ways of explaining Torah, it's not a specific number. And, and there, there are many, many, many different ways, thousands, hundreds of thousands of understanding of a, so why do we call it Shivan Panim? Because based on what we're saying, it makes sense. Because if someone manages to correct himself and, and, and get rid of his degree of 70 monsters that he's, that he's created of the 70 private nations that we do by, that we create by, by our sins, so therefore, when a person can do that, he will then merit to reveal 70 and even more different ways of understanding and getting deeply into, into Torah. Now, in the Swarm, it also says, I think it's in, in, in the Panam, in the Panam, uh, Yafais. So, he says that this is the concept of, of, uh, of Simchas Harego. I think the Swasemis talks about this, this concept also, that every day of Chag HaSukas is, Carson says, seven days of Sukkot. Each day represents ten years. And therefore the seven days of Sukkot, they can negate the seventy years of a person's life. And perhaps you could say that the Koyach, the power of Chag HaSukkot is, that on Sukkot we're able to fix, we're able to shortcut our work and fix up all the 70 nations that are, that are bothering us, that have been created to be our nemesis. We can work on that specifically on, on Sukkot. And that's because <clears throat> we know why do we sit in Sukkot? So the Gemara says it corresponds <clears throat> to the Ananya covet to the clouds of glory that Hashem provided to surround us, to protect us, to give us heat and, and cool and, and make the road straight. It was a perfect existence for all of us. And those we know, and Ananya covered, we were given three gifts. We were given the gift of the well, the well of water that was from Miriam. We were given the Ananya covered the clouds of glory which came in the Zuchus of Aaron and we were given the man, the manna which came in the Zuchus of, of, uh, of Moshe. The one tiny says, why? Because Aaron we know was someone who loved peace. Ayyav Shalom, the of Shalom. He loved peace and he chased after peace. And therefore, he has the ability to unify all of Klai Yisrael. And in fact, all of Christ, like what it says, all of Christ so really could sit in one circle in one circle says. And because of this tremendous coming together, this tremendous unity, this tremendous oneness, we're able to fix up not only our own personal portion, but our friend's portion also. And therefore, we are Zayachet to fix up on the Chaga Sukkas, and one circus, we can fill, fix up all of the 70 uh, nemesis that we have and, and get rid of them in even one particular circus. And this fits so beautifully with what the Vilna Gaon says 
on the Pasuk in Mishle, where it says, Rabbis, Bonais, Asuchoyo, many young girls have done valiant things, but you have risen above all of them. And he says that the Torah we know can be acquired by the 48 different attributes by which a person learns Torah, as we see in the last parak of Prakyavis. And the more that a person has of these 48 midas, so is to more and more of the, of the Holy Torah. But it's impossible that a person should have all 48 ways. Only you can have a portion of them and maybe someone else will have some other portion. You can't have all 48, but you might have some and your friend and colleague will have others until we treat everybody together so we can manage all, all 48. And the entire Torah, right, can only be acquired but when you have all 48, which means that's all of Christ all together. And that's what it means. Rabbis bonus. Right? There are many, many, many Tamili Chacham. They did really, really a big job. They tried to get all 48. Chayel, Ches, Yud, Lamed. The Gematria is 48, which is the 48 Kenyanim. But the At... And that's you, the whole Klai Yisrael together, only to everybody together could we properly manage to acquire all the 48 ways of, of acquiring, of acquiring a, a Torah. And therefore, so it is regarding the fixing up and the eradication of these 70 nations that were created because of our part in the sin of Adam Rishon. Again, we could only fix it up using the midah of achtas, of unity of together, that each person fixes up not only his own portion, but also tries to make an effort to be misakin his friend's uh, a portion. And then what we do together joins together and creates a, a, a wholeness. And therefore, it's specifically by the sukkah that we find this the fulfillment of this mitzvah by sleeping in, in the sukkah, as, as the Shukhanach, uh, Paskins. And he says, we eat and we drink and we sleep in the sukkah all seven days, both by day and by night. And we're not supposed to sleep outside the sukkah, even a, just a little nap. Obviously, there are extenuating circumstances, security, etc., weather that preclude a person. But ideally, according to Allah, a person should be sleeping in the in the sukkah, and not as Shlomo Zalman Orbach wanted to say that uh, when he when he published his sefer of uh, on the sukkah of Ilchas he writes there that uh, he brings various. Ha'aris, and amongst his words, he writes, he writes a big chiddush by regarding sleeping in the sukkah, that the only chiyam of sleeping is only to go to sleep in the sukkah. But if someone is asleep, so then he's considered totally not in control of himself, and he's no longer a chiyam to be in the sukkah, and he's actually potter from mitzvahs. And therefore, if you see your friends sleeping outside the sukkah, you don't have to wake him up 
because since you're asleep, you're potter from, from the mitzvahs. And you haven't done any avera if you already fallen asleep outside the sukkah. And even more than that, he brings that let's say the sukkah you have is a very, very narrow place and, and, uh, and you can't, uh, uh, sleep there together with your, with your friend. So then you can let your friend fall asleep. And after he falls asleep, you can remove him, right? While he's asleep outside the sukkah, and then you can have room to sleep there yourself. So there's the whole concept of, of Altus, right? Not everyone agrees. The Ben Ishkai brings down clearly, not so. And in this, in the Sefer, in uh, the Ben Ishkai, he writes that if you see your friend sleeping outside the sukkah, you're more clear to wake him up. And Stechemet also uh, brings that down. And he proves so from the fact that, that if you see someone sleeping with his tzitzis on during the day, so you don't have to make another brach on him when he wakes up. And if he would be part of a mitzvah when he falls asleep, so then why is why wouldn't you have to make a second bracha when he, when he wakes up? And you can't make a distinction and say, well, since at the end of the day, the mitzvah is on him, because we, we see that at night, according to many of the, of the shittas that hold that at night you're potter from mitzvah tzitzis. So it doesn't help with the fact that the tzitzis were on him all night, because when you're asleep, you're potter from, from tzitzis. So it's considered an interruption of hefsik, and you're going to have to make a new brach on the day. So too by someone sleeping in the sukkah. If you say that you're in fact potter from mitzvahs, so then that would be then an interruption in the mitzvah, and you would need to make a new bracha. And the, from the fact that we see that you don't have to make a new bracha, it comes out clearly that a person is mechoyev in all of the mitzvahs, even when he's sleeping. And he, he, he concludes, he concludes there that you will, it's awesome for you to take your sleeping friend out of the sukkah so that you could go to sleep because you are then uh, 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 canceling out the mitzvah that he is that he is doing. And Maril Diskin says the same thing. He holds like like the Ben Ishchai, that if someone falls asleep outside the sukkah, you must wake him up, even if he fell asleep by accident. And, and the Maril Diskin says that that's the kavana of what the Mishnah says in Mesechus Sukkah, Yoshein Tachasamit, of a person sleeping under a bed, he's not Yadzin, right? And, uh, and, uh, what do you do? If you're under a bed, you're not sleeping in the Sukkah. It must be that the Tana is that you have to wake him up and, and get him to sleep somewhere, somewhere, uh, properly in the Sukkah. So we see there's such a Choshvinian of sleeping in the sukkah, even though you're unaware when you're, when you're sleeping, you're completely not conscious. You're still, you're doing a mitzvah, and it's a mitzvah for every other Jew to ensure that I'm sleeping in a sukkah, and even if someone falls asleep outside, to wake him up, because that is the whole point of the mitzvah. All of Klaishel helping each other to do a mitzvah, because since the main work of Sukkot is to fix up all these 70 nations that are within us, and we can't do it by ourselves. Therefore, there's tremendous uh, issue of being able to help other people to do to do mitzvahs. In fact, 
And it's brought that anyone who is from the uh, 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 descendant of Yisrael, they must sit in sukkahs under the shade of Emunah. And someone who's not from the source of, of Yisrael should not sit in, in the sukkah. In fact, Chaim Palaji says that the seven Ushbizen that come, person has to sit there in, in, in awe and, and, and in fear and, and, and uh, in great humility. And you don't go into this, you don't bring a Inanju into the, into the sukkah because then the holiness of, of the seven guests, uh, leaves and, and, uh, others say, say the same thing. One has to treat the sukkah with tremendous, tremendous respect. And, and, and it's this great mitzvah of all of Christ doing amazing, amazing things together. And, and, uh, Hashem doesn't want therefore that any, any person who's not part of the team should get involved in this holy mitzvah of sukkah. And therefore one has to be so careful that, uh, that who one invites into one's, into one's, uh, 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 uh sukkah. And therefore let's, let's just come back to where, to where we started. Says that we know that this schooler of the Arba Minim is to help remove all these 70 problematic issues that, that, that plague us. And we can say best what we're saying, that even the, the, uh, the Arba Minim, right, the, the whole concept is, again, unity. We take the, 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 the Esrug, which is symbolic of the Russia, and we mix it with the Arava, which is symbolic of the, uh, sorry, the, the Esrug is symbolic of the Tzaddik, and the, and the Arava of the, of the Russia as the Medrash, as the major springs, and by putting them together, we merit that everyone is able to not only fix up what he needs to fix up, but to help his friend arrive at at uh, at full at full levels of of completion. When Shabbos springs, and his son hid in a cave for twelve years, and they had a miracle, and this uh, carob tree was created and a well, and we need to understand why. Was it Dafka a carob tree? Why not some other, uh, 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 fruit that's a little bit more tasty? But the, the carob tree only produces fruit, as we know from the Gemara, after 70 years, as the Gemara Brachas says. Here, in one moment, it started to grow. Why? To teach us that by them going into this cave in order to fix up all this Shivam Shana, all the seventy nations that of, of their own personal and of course to be involved in trying to help Klai Yisrael also, then they were able to also fix all of things, all the shortcomings, all the problems of of Klai Yisrael, and that we have that, that ability to to fix up, particularly on on Chagasukas. So let's yes. Chag is the time of great joy, of great simcha. But that simcha is about what we can accomplish for ourselves and for the whole Jewish nation. This is 11.9 FM. The program is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kedish. Pashas Ha'azinu Tov Shin Pei Gimel as we get ready for Chag HaSukkot. But before that, Kashbrok has given us a Shabbos right in the middle between Yom Kippur 
and Sukkot Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Hazinu, and we prepare for that together with Yontav at the same time, as we always do at this time, to discuss the important details that we need to know for this coming Shabbos. So this afternoon, the earliest time for lighting our Shabbos candles is at 4.52, eight minutes before five, we can get in. Of course, we made all sorts of undertakings, all kinds of decisions, all kinds of Kabbalists, how we're going to try to improve this year. And one of them certainly should have been that we're going to try to make an effort to get to Shabbos, not only on time, but hopefully even early. So 4.52, if you get it all together, and you've worked out again how to heat your food, if you're having load shedding, or how to keep it warm, if you're having load shedding, whatever it might be, and we're ready to get start the Shabbos, 4.52. The latest time for lighting candles this week, it's actually easy, is exactly one hour later at 5.52. 5.52 is the latest time for lighting candles, make sure it's all organized, make sure everything is done, you're dressed, the candles are lit, the food is getting hot, whatever needs to be done should be done by, by that, by that time. Uh, the shkia is at 10 minutes past six, as I said, that's your absolute latest emergency time if there's really, really a crisis in your life, 610 is, is, is a shkia. And therefore, if you want to be able to daven Mayrev tonight and not have to repeat the Kriyashma again, or you wait till 628, 18 minutes after sunset, you can say Kriyashma and then settle down to an amazing, amazing, beautiful Shabbos, Kodesh, good food, good family, good Divrei Torah, some nice aminos. Really, really, we need a break. This week has been hectic. I said it's made tshuva. Yom Kippur, running around with the sukkah and abamina. Lots, lots to do. A Shabbos in the middle is a wonderful respite for all for all of that. Tomorrow, we lay in Parshas Hazinu, which while it may not be all that long in quantity, only 52 pesukim, boy, is it power packed. It's a, it's a, it's a musa shmuz like you've never heard. It really, really, uh, touches on some very, very raw issues and, and gives us a bit of musa and then a lot of hope at the, uh, at the end. Make sure you go through the Rashis. There's lots there that we can, that we can learn from. The Aftera then is the Aftera for Pashas Hazinu, which is, uh, the, very similar to a chapter in Tehillim, Tehillim Yud, Yud Ches, this chapter in Shmuel. It's a song of Dovin Amelech, which of course parallels the song of Hazinu that we're laying about in the in the Pasha. We're not saying Tachnun, so we're not going to say Avarachamim uh, in the uh, in in the davening. And of course, as you already said last week, we're no longer saying Aperkiyavus. Uh, so and the Shabbos day is getting a bit longer, so there's plenty of time to learn some Torah, have a bit of a shlaf, a bit of a walk, and still really enjoy Shabbos. Shabbos Kodesh ends. Tomorrow night at 6.42. 6.42, 18 minutes before 7. And then, of course, we get into the last frenetic 24 hours before Chag HaSukas and the cooking and the decorating and getting everything all all organized. That all has to happen between 6.42 tomorrow night and approximately 5.52 the on Sunday evening when Sukkot, Sukkot kick, kicks, uh, kicks in, gives you approximately 23 hours to get it all 
all are all done and, and have a shlaf staff when the sukkah, when the night of the sukkah comes, we can sit, we can be truly, uh, uh enjoyable and, and, tr- and truly anticipate the, the sitting in the sukkah. And that's exactly what I wanted to talk about today a bit in our local slot is there's a lot of confusion about what happened, uh, what happens on the first night of, of sukkah. So first of all, how do you properly fulfill the mitzvah? of eating a kezayas of bread on the first night of service. So we know that every single adult male is a, is a, is a chiv, the rice is biblically obligated to eat a kezayas of bread in a sukkah on the first night of service. The Gemara derives this chiv from a similar obligation of eating kezayas of matzah on the first night of Pesach. Since these two obligations are closely related, then halakas are similar in several respects. Like all mitzvahs, this mitzvah too can only be properly fulfilled if there is planning and a clear knowledge of all the requirements. Indeed, the can remind us that in the late afternoon of Erev Sukkot, one should not eat so much food or wine that he's not going to be able to eat the kezayis of bread with a, a good a good ap- appetite. So let's just go over the, the relevant halachas. So when does that kezayis have to be eaten? Has to be eaten preferably. One should sit down to eat the kezayis of bread as soon as possible. Right? Unnecessary delays should actually be avoided. Get home from shul, go into the sukkah, and make make kiddush and, and sit down to eat. One cannot eat the kezayis of bread, nor of course make kiddush that precedes it until it is definitely night. You gotta wait probably till at least twenty eight, six twenty eight, probably even uh, uh, more than that, probably till six thirty seven to. Make Kiddush on, on, uh, on, on, uh, first night of Sukkot. While there are certain opinions, right, uh, concerning when night is, most, uh, communities, right, consider night, then, as we say, it's about 27 minutes after, after, uh, sundown. Some are even more, are even more, more, more strict. Now, one who mistakenly ate the kezayis before its night, should eat another kezayis of bread in order to fulfill the mitzvah. If mistakenly one ate his kezayis of bread even earlier than sundown, not only must he eat another kezayis, but he probably even has to repeat the bracha of, of leishev, leishev asukah. The kezayis of bread may not be eaten after midnight. Bidyevet though, one who did not eat before midnight should do so after midnight and recite the bracha over the, over the sukkah. Now, how much bread actually must be eaten? So of course there are various opinions amongst the poiskim about the exact measurement of a kazais. Since this is a mitzvah doiraisa, it's proper to be machmir, and eat at, uh, at least, uh, uh, the, the, uh, what do they call 1.7 fluid ounces of, uh, of, of bread. Although, but the evidence, 
even if you ate one fluid ounce of bread, fulfilling his ob- obligation. We would say that certainly if one could, one should eat as much as about 48 grams, because that is, that is a, a kazayas according to the chazanish, but certainly if one, that's a problem, to eat even 25 grams is, is, is enough. Now there's a view amongst Rishayim that says that the minimum amount of bread one has to eat in the sukkah on the first night is actually slightly more than, than a kabetza. Not just kazayas. A kabetza is about double. Kabetza is the size of of an egg. So, although the basic halacha doesn't require the larger amounts, still, it's proper, if we can, to satisfy that view as well. This amount to be eaten, again, the most uh, strict opinion, would be in that situation about nearly 100, about 98 uh, grams of bread. But again, uh, uh, a, uh, to be, if one, if one can only eat, uh, about 55, then that is also, uh, uh, okay. Right? And whatever you're gonna eat, whether it's kazais or then a kabetza, should be eaten within a time span of no more than two minutes. Try to finish it at that time. And if that's difficult, then one should take up to three or four minutes to eat the proper amount. One may not talk or eat other food until he has chewed and swallowed the full amount. And certainly, in the first instance, it's proper to chew and then swallow a kazais of bread in its entirety. We'll come back with a few closing comments. This is 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Hazino 5783, as you prepare for Chag HaSukkos. And in fact, we're talking about the first night of Sukkos and how to fulfill <coughs> the mitzvah of eating at least a kezayas of bread in the, in, in the Sukkah. Before eating the bread, one must have in mind that he's about to fulfill the Torah mitzvah of eating bread on the first night of Sukkot. Right? In addition to this kavana, one should actually bear in mind the reasons that the Gemara gives for why we have this mitzvah of Sukkot. According to some Baiskim, if you don't have this in mind, might actually invalidate the mitzvah. The Mishnah rules that certainly in the last resort one fulfills his obligation even if he did not concentrate on the reasons for the mitzvah. If one fails to have this intent and eats the bread as he normally does every Shabbos or Yom Tov, so it's a question whether he has fulfilled the mitzvah. In any case, he should eat another portion of bread with the right intention. One is obligated to eat the minimum amount of bread even if he does not enjoy it and even if it causes him some distress. Even a person who is classified as a 
a sick person, but not a dangerously ill person, ill person, is obligated to eat a kazayas of bread. One who cannot eat bread does not fill his obligation by eating cake, etc. Only bread made out of one of the five species of grain is actually valid. Some pies can maintain that only uh, uh, challah made with water rather than eggs should be used to fulfill this mitzvah, not challah bread to which oil, sugar, eggs were added, but most paiskim are not particular about what kind of bread. Women are exempt from this mitzvah, but if they do eat the required amount of bread in the sukkah, it is considered a mitzvah and they can make a bracha over it. Children of the age of chinuch are taught to fulfill this mitzvah as as a as well. Right. Now, if it's raining, please God, uh, we, we are so looking forward to, to some rain. So there are many discussions among the Poiskim concerning the obligation to eat in the sukkah on the first night of sukkahs if it's raining. Following points are raised. If rain is falling, is one obligated to eat in the sukkah or not? If it is raining, is one obligated to wait and see if the rain will stop so that he can uh, eat in a dry sukkah? If one does eat in the sukkah while it is raining, can a bracha be made? If a person ate in the sukkah while it was raining and then the rain stopped, is he required to eat in the sukkah again? If a person ate in the sukkah while it was raining and then went to sleep, is he obligated to get out of bed to eat again once the rain has stopped? So since there are various opinions on all of these issues, so the following is a summary of the majority view in, in this in this situation. On the first night, one must wait a particular amount of time uh, uh, to see if the rain will stop. If not, one goes into the sukkah, makes kiddush, eats a kazayas of bread without making a leisheva sukkah, then goes back into the house to eat one's meal. If at any point during the meal, after the meal, before one's gone to bed, one sees that the rain has stopped, one should go back into the sukkah, eat bread again, and this time make a a leishev, a leishev, a, 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 a sukkah. That's all the time we have. Let me just spend a moment to wish all of you a beautiful, beautiful, first a good Shabbos and a good Yontif. May this be the most beautiful sukkahs, a sukkahs of, of achdus, as we spoke, of of togetherness, of oneness, of achieving what Klayasol can achieve, and hopefully of bringing the ultimate, bringing the Mashiach. To each and every one of you, a good Shabbos and a good Yontif. <laughs>